Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? You know, when we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a lot of questions. How do you record an episode? How do I get the show into all the apps people like to listen to? You know, best of all, how do we like to make money off this podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to to podcast right away. In fact, that's what we're doing right now by reading this ad. You know, I like to listen to to my scary podcast during the week while I'm at work. And man, let me tell you, it just gets me in an extra zone so I can keep working all day long. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. And welcome back to another edition of the High Low Sports Podcast. I'm DJ, joined by Kelsey, and the diamond is on fire right now because Major League Baseball playoffs have just begun. Today we have the Milwaukee Brewers take on the Washington Nationals. Kelsey, did this game go the way you thought it would go? Yeah, unfortunately, the Brewers lost Christian Yelich, and let's just say ever since, uh, they were dying. They were floundering at the top of the Central. They just fell into the wild card position, honestly got lucky to hold a playoff spot. Um, It's unfortunate to see the Brewers, who had such a great year, fall apart at the end of the year just because Christian Yelich got injured. Um, Now, Christian Yelich would have been the MVP probably this year, so it sucks to see, but the Nationals came on. At the end of the season, um, they ended their their old buddy and teammates Bryce Harper's chances in the playoffs. So that's always good. But no, yeah, it's the it's the best time of baseball season. Uh, we got the Rays and, and A's tomorrow, and that's be probably even way better than this one was, honestly. And this was a really good game, five four for the Nationals. So I just can't wait. I'm so excited right now. Baseball season is coming to a head, and this is the best time. And Steven Strasburg, people forget he was kind of that pitcher. Where he was kind of like the Bryce Harper of pitchers there a while back, and wasn't his best season. I mean, he had an over three ERA, but it was a pretty good season for him overall, getting the win to basically get them onto the next round. And like I said, Tampa Bay at Oakland tomorrow. I think that's going to be a good one. I think Oakland could be that, not really a sleeper team necessarily, but I think they could cause a little bit of noise in the playoffs. They have that weird feel about them, kind of like your Giants did back in the day. Yeah, I don't know what it is about those teams. I just... The wild card teams lately, this this wild card game, it just gets them gives them that extra momentum to go into the playoff, like to push through. I mean, you got to think the winner of these games for the wild card usually take on the number two seeded team in the in the playoffs, so they're not going against a pushover. So like the winner of the AL plays the Astros, and they you need all the momentum you can get going into Houston. That's the probably the best top to bottom hitting pitching team 
all around. Um, they're the perfectly built team in the playoffs right now. Like, they're the right. ones on paper. They're the, if we're talking Friday Night Lights, they're the Dallas Carter of the playoffs right now. You look at them, it's like, oh, yeah, they're different. They're yeah. a little bit different than us. Exactly, exactly. You know, it, it is crazy just because they are so good on the, in the pitching staff and hitting-wise. And, you know, to kind of talk about that, you know, the one thing the AL has going for it is they have the best offensive lineup in the Yankees, but then they have the best overall team in the Astros. And it's just, it's crazy to look at and see. And, man, it's going to be some fun playoff games. And it's going to be crazy when somehow an NL team wins the World Series after saying all of that, too. Just some team's going to get hot and they're going to cook at the end. Hey, you joke about that, but those little those little Bravos down in Atlanta, man, those young kids, it wouldn't surprise me if they can, they can pull something off. And it hurts me deep down as a Giants fan mm-hmm. and the old NL West rivalry. To, to admit that the Braves might have a chance to win, but the Braves have a good chance of, of pulling some upsets here. I weirdly enough think the the opposite of their matchup. I think the Cardinals are the team to look out for. I don't know why, because they had an up-and-down season, to say the least. They were never really a team where you looked at them like, that's a team to be reckoned with. But I feel like they're they're that team. They're going to... You don't really see upsets in baseball and basketball as much because it's a series. It's not just one game. But I think they could surprise a few people because, like you said, I mean, Atlanta's kind of the team I think a lot more people are picking to win that series, if I'm not mistaken. It seems like they're not the favorite, but they're the one more people are leaning towards. I think that's normally where the Cardinals go on their run, and they have a really balanced team from when I look at it, too. Nothing is great. They're like a great value version of the Astros, where they're pretty good everywhere. <laughs> they're just not quite as good as the Astros everywhere, but yeah, the same kind of build. I mean, if you look at the 10 teams that are in the playoffs, the two wildcard teams included, the Cardinals kind of fall in the middle of the pecking order in both rotation and in the the, in the lineup situation. Um, and their their bullpen's not bad at all. I mean, we're not talking superstars, but we're also we're not talking some scrubs throwing coming out there. Like, you know, the one thing with the Brewers is outside of Hader in the bullpen, you really didn't have much. And lo and behold, it was Hader who blew the game for him today. So it's just, you know. It's one of those things. The Cardinals, you know, you have a good point. They're they're good all around. They're not great in any means. Um, and basically Goldschmidt, a B minus everywhere. They yeah. have no A's but no C's at the same time. Yeah, they got and they got Paul Goldschmidt, who for for all you know his greatness, he's never really had a chance to take a team deep in the playoffs. This is his number one chance, and not too bad for a guy that they signed from Arizona. So we'll see. We'll see what he can do. You know, hopefully. Hopefully the the old Goldie shows up and not this new kind of just laid back Goldschmidt. So that'd be good for the Cardinals. They probably won't have the pitching matchup tomorrow with Miles Miklas. He hasn't exactly had what one what we call a great season. <laughs> so I mean they might be starting off zero and one in the series with Atlanta, but you never know if they can get some runs on the board. It won't matter. But that's a fun matchup I'm looking forward to. Absolutely, yeah, it'll be great. So moving on from that though, this weekend, boy. Sports. <laughs> no comments. <laughs> that's that's all I got to say for this. I mean, honestly, looking back at it, uh, I know I was in a wedding on Saturday, so I didn't get the chance to watch a whole lot of fo- college football games. And I was driving on Sunday, so I'm really just recapping off of all the highlights from the NFL games. But I will say this for the college games, and I may or may not have watched this during the reception of my cousin's wedding. Um, Cody, if you're listening, I'm sorry I ignored your wedding. But... <laughs> You know what? There were more important things going on, like North Carolina having a chance to beat Clemson, the number one team in the nation, and you blow it. And now they're number three because of that, because you can't almost lose to North Carolina. Something's going on over there in Clemson. They are not the powerhouse we thought they would be. Trevor Lawrence is still good, but considering he was 
quote unquote the best college quarterback ever coming into this year. <laughs> he has not lived up to that. The defense is pretty good, but it's not what we thought it'd be. The receivers are outstanding, but I mean, they're not making the same plays that they were making last year. Running wise, it's just sometimes someone goes in there and makes a few plays, but no one's dominating the games for him. They just look they look really off compared to what we thought. Did they really lose that much talent with Cleveland Farrell, Dexter Lawrence, and those guys? I mean, I thought they had plenty of talent left over, but it's looking kind of rough. You know, I got to say, I, I don't know if this is a Clemson thing as much as this is a Mac Brown effect. Like, this North Carolina team. Well, yeah, this game. They, yeah, but this, this, this North Carolina team that showed up on Saturday, man, they came to ball, and they just straight balled out all over Clemson. And honestly, this quarterback, I, who I who he is, I don't know. We watched him during the South Carolina game, sneak his way back to a game and win. So, I don't know. It's something watching him play. It's 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 kind of weird. It's like watching Doug Flutie as far as like it shouldn't work. It looks so wrong, but it works so well at the it, same time. Exactly, it just doesn't make sense. And you know, yeah. To your point on the running game, Clemson. God, Travis Etienne could not get going in this game, and and he's was a front runner for the Heisman, and now he's dropped down to like the eighth spot in the Heisman watch and. It's crazy. It's crazy to see what what's happening here. I mean, it's it's weird because they've kind of gone on a downward trajectory since the season started. Clemson has at least like obviously this was almost a perfect storm where Mac Brown comes strutting into town, dancing in the locker room, ready to roll, and then Clemson's not on their A game. But Clemson dodging a bullet. They suffered in the polls, but if they finish undefeated, they're getting the playoffs. So I don't think they even care at this point. Yeah, no, and that was really the big one. I saw this, you know, the really scary moment for any top ten team. Uh, everybody else seemed to have it pretty handily. Yeah, Ohio State with the ultimate quote-unquote uneven matchup. They might as well have been playing an FCS division or a Division Seven team going against Nebraska, honestly. Once Blake yeah. Martinez threw that first pick, he basically checked out. Look, Blake Martinez, for all the tout that he had coming into college, I'm sorry, kid. You you screwed the pooch at some point in time, and, and your, your career has just fallen apart. He's not – compared to what he was even just as a freshman to where he is now, there's – there's been a drop-off. It hasn't been what you like to see, unfortunately. And Nebraska as a whole, they've just been bad the last few years, unfortunately. I was hoping they'd turn it around a little bit, but... Yeah, Scott Frost going there was was supposed to be a positive, but, I mean, it just goes to show you, there's honestly no talent there right now. I mean, Scott Frost had did a lot at UCF with little to no talent, and you see him coming in and having to change this losing culture. He's He's unable to change it immediately, obviously, but then on top of that... He doesn't have a whole lot of talent that can just go out there and win some games that you're supposed to win. You know, Nebraska deserve Nebraska fans deserve better than what they're getting on the field. But, you know, as as a Nebraska hater, it's okay for me to watch them lose for a little while. It's definitely probably harder to recruit in Nebraska because, like, when you're in Florida, like you said, it's easier to recruit just like Florida, and you're able to get some of those kids that are on the edge. Although with him, it's probably tougher to be like, hey, Nebraska. And they're like, no, if I'm going to go somewhere in the Midwest that sucks, I'll just go to Iowa or something like that. That's yeah. more more clout behind him or anything like that. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's definitely a downfall that you know, Nebraska hasn't been good in a long time. Um, I mean, they haven't been good since the 90s, basically. Early 2000s, yeah. maybe. Not even that good, really, in the early 2000s. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's basically the parents and <laughs> starting to get into the grandparents – of the kids being recruited out of high school nowadays that are remember the old Nebraska winning teams. Now you're just not seeing it. So it's 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 definitely definitely got some something to do with it out there. It's it is a shame to see though. You'd think Nebraska could pull something out, but you'd think, but it's just 
I don't know. I'm not a fan of it. It was just it was tough to watch. The game day curse continues. Yeah, pretty much. But moving from there to the pro style level, what did you see on Sunday? I, like I said, I'm, I'm catching up through the highlights. I, I got some some takes on some stuff. But what you what was the big your big takeaway from Sunday? I'm gonna work my way back to Thursday. Talk okay. about the Eagles and the Packers because going to this game, I was a little nervous for the Eagles because I. I don't want to say I was riding their bandwagon, but I picked them to be pretty good this year. I mean, I think everybody did. They were the most talented team, arguably. They were 1-2 coming here against the 3-0 Packers team with a defense that was murking people. Carson Wentz showed up to play. I mean, he was a little rough in the first quarter, but he put on a clinic down the stretch. Three touchdowns. Jordan Howard had three total touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken. The Eagles' offense showed up, especially after that first quarter. And I think they kind of show Green Bay's defense is good, but there's two defenses in that division that are better arguably three we'll get to those later and Aaron Rodgers he's good but he doesn't look like the Aaron Rodgers that ran this league for a couple of years like he still had 400 yards but he had like 50 pass attempts they couldn't yeah. really run the ball when Devonta Adams went out went out he didn't look comfortable throwing to anybody yeah you know it's it's one of those things uh they, they put put a stat up about that game about Aaron Rodgers over 48 pass attempts in a game in his career he is two and eight I mean, it's and, hard and, when you're throwing it that often because that yeah. usually means you're losing by a lot. And it's 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 funny to think about that when you consider the fact that we're talking about Aaron Rodgers, possibly the greatest talent talent at quarterback in our generation, throwing the ball 48 plus times and having a losing record. My thought behind that is usually when you're throwing it that much time, especially a guy like Rodgers who's a downfield passer, that means he's missing a lot of them usually, yeah. unfortunately. Or the ones he's completing are just like little dink and dunks, but he's missing the ones you need to complete. Because guys like Tom Brady or like Teddy Bridgewater, Alex Smith, those are usually shorter passes. If they throw 48 times, it's usually not a bad thing because they're dink and dunks, flare out to the halfbacks. With Rodgers, you know something's wrong because he's not taking he's not taking chump change. Unfortunately, sometimes do it to a fault because he likes to scramble to make those plays because he's so good throwing the ball down the field. Yeah, that's that's I definitely agree with that. So. But moving on, um, you got New England and Buffalo, a game probably marred by the Jonathan Jones hit on Josh Allen the most. Um, was it illegal? Was it not? You know, honestly, looking at the replays, looked like he tried to lead with his shoulder, but in real time, he, it looked bad. A battle of undefeated teams. Never thought I'd say that after two weeks, <laughs> considering. So what I learned from this game is, A, the Patriots' defense is as good as advertised, and these Bills... They're not the same. They're not your daddy's bills. They're not like the poor bills that were two and fourteen. But at the same time, they're not like Dame Dollar bills or anything like that. They're not. Their three and zero record was a little Ooh. inflated by their by their competition. But I think they showed that defense. You can't mess with it. I mean, that's a top five ish defense, depending how you look at it. I mean, that's without their first round pick at Oliver necessarily dominating games. I mean, I mean, Tre'Davious White went out for a little bit in that game and got injured. Didn't miss a beat. They're still they're still good. Tremaine Edmonds looks good. Josh Allen was rough, man. He had a yeah. rough game. He had some plays down the stretch in, like, that second, third quarter before he got hurt. Matt Barkley came in and nearly, honestly, almost brought them back into it until that Patriots defense, though. I mean, that's hey. a special defense. Like, we saw two of the best not-Chicago defenses, I believe, in the league. Look, they're the number one-ranked defense in the league going into that game and leaving that game. They're still the number one-ranked defense, and that's, you know, the one thing Josh Allen can hang his hat on from this game. First person to score a touchdown on this New England Patriots team this season. And he did it, too. He ran that son of a gun in, too. Like he, unfortunately, we talked about it. We might have we might have jinxed and killed him talking about him running and, and getting himself hurt because right after, yeah. 
And he used that patented stiff arm a few times, too. He threw a few guys, so. Hey, you know, that's it. Honestly, that stiff arm is its own monster in itself. But to your point, that was it was just such a great defensive matchup. Like, it's a shame that you, you that the game is really going to be remembered about a misplay by a defender. You know, a guy that I really, really like, Jonathan Jones. And even though he's a Patriot, I'm still <laughs> still a big fan. Um, but, yeah, you know, I hate, I hate that that happened during the game. I think I think the refs got it right. I think they called the penalty, ended it that. They didn't throw him out. You know, it wasn't that bad, but it was... It's no Vontaze perfect or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, we'll get to that one. Well, let's get to that one right now, shall we? So what do you see? What do you see in the Raiders game? Well, when I watched the Raiders and the Colts game, this was tough because during those early games, the ones that kicked off for 12 first, there was like four games on that I wanted to watch. So I was, my head was on a swivel trying to catch all of them at once. We all know as a Colts fan, though, we know you're focused. <laughs> no, this is what I'm getting at is I wasn't as focused on this game as I should be because of all those other games going on. Good but point. Vontez Perfect's hit, completely unnecessary. Com- the most Vontez Perfect thing you could imagine. And it looks like they're trying to suspend him for the rest of the year. I mean, you can't really complain. He has a history of this at this point. It's like... You can't keep encouraging. It's like telling a dog not to poop in the house, and then when he poops in the house, give him a high five. It's like you're just asking for it to keep going. Yeah. So honestly, as far as Vontez Perfect goes, I don't care, honestly. Keep kicking him out of the league. I don't care. The Raiders are stupid for signing him. Yeah. And everyone's stupid for signing him, honestly. It was, and then not just to sign him. Let's give him a captaincy. Yeah, let's, whose idea was that? I, yeah, John Gruden, what are you thinking here, guy? But, yeah, on every replay I've seen of that, what are you doing, Vontez? Like... Literally, that is the worst, most vicious hit I've ever seen in my life. And we're talking back in the old 90s and late 80s, biggest hits in the NFL, that everything that was on those was completely illegal nowadays. You know, like, this was the worst hit I've ever seen. And, you know, Doyle's getting back up. Yeah, Jack Doyle catches that on a knee, gets cracked in the head, and just kind of stands up like, huh, that sucked. Yeah. But it's just, dude, that's, I don't know. I've never seen something crazier. And honestly, this was a really good game, though. You know, it, it was. It ends up 31-24, and turns out the really, the one thing that hurt the Colts the most, Jacoby Brissett turns it over. Like, you know, a late game, late late, late turnover, uh, gives up the first interception for the Raiders' defense, you know, all season, and they take it to the house. Like That was kind of the nail in the coffin, but I think this game ended – well, first of all, going into the game on the injury report, my goodness, they, their entire defense was injured, minus Justin Houston, basically. Yeah. Include, and then T.Y. Hilton, your best, your only real offensive receiver that can get open. And then B, just the drops and the mistakes. Like, I think Ebron was 0 for 4 on targets when he was targeted up until the fourth quarter with four drops. Devin Campbell dropped some. Chester Rogers dropped him. I think everybody on the list dropped something. The Raiders packed the box and said, "Okay, Marlon Mack, we are not hearing return of the Mack on this damn from this damn DJ today." Yeah. So it was up to Jacoby Brissett to make plays, and he made some, but he didn't get a whole lot of help. That pick he threw was a good play by the defender and just kind of a bad read. But honestly, what I learned from this one is the Colts aren't quite there yet, especially when everyone's injured. Their next man up mentality kind of runs a little bit short, and hopefully they can get somebody healthy because they got to go to Kansas City next, and that's going to be a rough one if they're not ready to go. And and to your point, I do think the one thing they missed is Marlon Mack in the passing game. He just didn't exist in that. Like, his his receiving stats just did not happen. I mean, and he couldn't get it going on the ground, and it was just not a not a great game overall for Marlon Mack. So. It was just a rough game overall for the Colts. They didn't look good. It was just, I don't know, I don't know if they were feeling themselves coming in a little bit or if maybe the Raiders just came with their absolute A game because 
The Raiders looked really good. I mean, like, their offense was not firing on all cylinders, but at the same time, you're going against a JV defense that would probably give the Dolphins a run for their money for mediocrity. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's being nice. But And, and then Brissett, I mean, it took a minute to get going, and unfortunately he was basically down 21 nothing before he even got a chance to do anything, so... Yeah, that'll put any quarterback in a tough spot. This is the kind of game where, when they have Andrew Luck, he somehow overpowers them. And they win like thirty-five to thirty, but unfortunately, like very few quarterbacks can do that. This is that's what's tough is about missing that that dude at quarterback. And while Jacoby could be that dude, he's still kind of young and not quite there yet. So we'll see how it goes going forward with him. But this one, we might have might have to pump our brakes a little bit. Like even I was starting to think this could be a playoff team. Maybe maybe not quite there yet, but. Hey, they're tied 2-2 two and two with everybody else in their division. Everybody else so. in the AFC minus the Patriots and the Chiefs, basically. Yeah, so. But talking about JV defenses, let's go to probably the highest-scoring game of the weekend, Bucks versus the Rams. And who would have thunk it? Jameis Winston. Yeah, I'm not going to give Jameis Winston credit. I'm giving, Mike Ev- I'm giving Mike Evans credit for that one. 55-40 in an, over the Rams. And this is just the reason I want to go to this one, too. We're just going to cap off our bad head helmet to helmet hits in this one marcus peters returns a pick gets absolutely leveled by a lineman no call um it brings a bigger point to like what are we doing here nfl like what is the point of having this helmet to helmet contact if you're not going to call it or you're not going to call it consistently but i'm taking away from a really kind of high like interesting game when you look at it and dominicans too gets a freaking fumble recovery for a touchdown When's the last time you saw a big man like that roll into the end zone? He didn't look like he was missing a step either. He looked like he could still move. What I took away from this game is that Super Bowl hangover is real, and it is killing L.A. I know they're still, what, 3-1. and one. This is their first loss, but they've looked like poop at every game, honestly. Yeah. Jared Goff just got paid, and he – I like Jared Goff, but he hasn't quite looked like that $100 million guy. Yeah. And Todd Gurley, there is something wrong there. He had, what, five carries yesterday, something like that? Like – for a running back with his stature, his skill set, and just his clout alone, you something's wrong there. He is not healthy. We all know that, but I want to know what the severity of it is. Is it arthritic knees? Like, is this going to be a lifelong injury? Is there, like, a tear in there? They're trying to mask and he's hoping to recover? Like, I just want to know what's going on. Yeah. And, unfortunately, it feels like Jared Goff can't really throw at anyone consistently besides Cooper Cup. I don't know if, like... The deep plays aren't working for Brandon Cooks. Like, if teams have kind of caught on, oh, everything is the exact same play. There's just a guy in motion or whatever it is. Yeah. The Patriots kind of laid that blueprint blueprint out on how to deal with McVay's offense, and everyone's taken it to task so far. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, Robert Woods had a nice game. Probably the best performance on offense for the Rams. Um, now, and, and that's that's saying that with a 40-point game coming from the Rams, we, you know, we have to kind of put an asterisk on this that, it was good offensively, but defense just didn't exist in this game. Minus the turnovers. Goff was a little yeah. rough with those turnovers. Oh, had him yeah. throw the ball, what, 60-ish times or something like that? Yeah. It's bound to happen. Like. We, we, yeah, exactly. We just talked about it with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. So it's crazy, crazy to look at the scoreline, though. I mean, bravo, Bruce Arians. You have some little positive ray of hope in Mike Evans going forward. Yeah, him and Chris Godwin and Peyton Barber just kind of, and O.J. Howard, just been like, okay, we will carry this quarterback who can sometimes make good plays, but most of the time is an erratic goober. We will carry him. Don't worry. Yeah, and so moving from a quarterback who makes makes some plays randomly and but probably makes more bad plays than good plays to a guy that just doesn't throw the ball, uh, good old Kirk Cousins. Oh, and, ho, ho. C- Captain And these Kirk. Minnesota Vikings versus the Chicago Bears. That lost Mitch Trubisky in this game. What'd you, what'd you see? 
First of all, Adam Thielen basically just said, Kirk, throw me the – quit missing me. He literally <laughs> said we got to throw the ball down the field right after Kirk Cousins missed him down the field. Yep. And Kirk reportedly has apologized to Thielen for it, just for missing. But that doesn't cut it, man. You got Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. We we keep harping this on the show, I feel like. You have a top five running game in the league with an offensive line that could do better blocking for you. This game is not really indi- – the Bears make a lot of people look bad, so it's not yeah. just this game. This is a full season thing coming to flu- fruition right now. Akeem Hicks and Roquan Smith didn't play for the Bears, and you could not tell me that you even noticed, honestly. Like, yeah. that guy that filled in for Roquan Smith, he could start on 15 teams easily. That rookie, he had – Two sacks, a forced fumble, something. I don't remember the exact stats. Oh, yeah, it was like... He was all over the field. And he, it was like Kowalski or something like that, yeah. like the most linebacker name ever. The Bears couldn't really find anything on offense. Moth, Mitch Trubisky went out, but they looked pretty good with uh, Chase Daniel back there, I think. I don't want to say that they're better with Mitch injured, but like Chase Daniel's a more pocket quarterback who drops back and gets the ball out. He's not... Where Mitch is a lot more of a scrambler looking to make plays, and... I think that kind of helps to stay on schedule with a guy like Chase Daniel, who's not a quote-unquote mobile quarterback. Granted, he, he can move, but he's not a mobile quarterback. I, I really need I really need a button push for this one to just say the same thing over again. He is a game manager. You know what we love on this show? Game managers. Maybe not Chase Daniel. Maybe I'm pushing it. But still, Chase Daniel is a game manager, but a probably definitely a type B game manager. He's a backup game manager. Yeah. But for this team, that's really all you need, especially when the Vikings can't score on offense. I mean, all you have to do is not screw up and pick up a few first downs, which Chase Daniel did a really good job of. And I don't know how long Mitch is out for, but you might have to do it for a while. Yeah. Granted, this week they're playing the Raiders. And Khalil Max is going to be like, don't worry, guys, I got this. So you don't have to score any points. Khalil will score your points yeah, for you. Then. You're going to get, get 21 from Khalil by himself, and then another probably 14 from the defense because Khalil. So And they're going to give up maybe a, seven. So I think you're okay. Yeah, you're probably going to get 35 points from your defense. Just don't mess it up. So basically the points from this is that Bears defense is on that level with the Patriots defense, like 1A, 1B sort of thing, in my opinion. Top two defenses in the league with the Bills not far behind. And the Vikings... You need a new quarterback, or Kirk needs to basically revert back to that Kirk Cousins that got paid, like the one that was, everyone was looking at. I was like, he's not great, but he can throw the ball to Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. Yeah, get, give me the you like that Kirk Cousins, and I'll take it. Give me but, that Kirk Cousins who doesn't play on TV, basically. Exactly. Now let me pose this question to you because I started thinking I had a long drive on Sunday, and looking at the stat lines, I had this question pop into my head. Would if you're a Minnesota Minnesota Vikings fan or front office personnel, would you be willing to take a flyer on a guy like Jameis who doesn't have a contract next year? Would you be willing to sign him in free agency if you have the chance? Hell, I'd sign Colin Kaepernick tomorrow if I'm the Vikings, honestly. But but honestly, I think you. It depends how Jameis finishes the season and what you'd have to pay him if he's out there. But honestly, it couldn't hurt to look. I think I'd like to look at guys that are less turnover prone. Yeah. Like maybe if they're – I don't know who's even going to be out there necessarily, but if you could find somebody who's not known for turning it over as much, that would probably be better for the Vikings. I mean, granted, Jameis does have that deep ball arm strength. Like we see him just chuck it up to Mike Evans. Stephon Diggs and Adam Thien will probably be like, well, you can chuck it up to me. I'll make something happen. Yeah, I, I wonder – maybe it's just – maybe it would be a better scheme fit in, in that offense. I don't know. But it was just something that popped in my head, and I was really curious to get your opinions on it just – Knowing how we both feel about Jameis and Kirk Cousins, we're not a big fans of either. Um, less fans of Crab Legs Winston, but... Here's an interesting idea. With Gardner Minshew Mania, what about Nick What about Nick Foles? What if he's available next year? 
do you take a flyer on him and basically just treat him like basically like it was this year? Because we don't know if Nick Foles can still ball or not away from the Eagles. We saw him for a quarter. Yeah. But what if the Jaguars like, hey, Minshew Mania, we're going to ride with that. Do you maybe try and trade for Nick Foles? You know, honestly, I don't know. Or I, if Honestly, if I had the opportunity, maybe flip that. Maybe i take Gardner. You think the Jaguars are going to give away Gardner, though? I figured it's they're going to the roll It's the Jaguars, and they have a history of really bad deals at quarterback. So, yes. Obviously, you can get Gardner. <laughs> you get Gardner. You take Uncle Rico to the promised land. But I'm imagining he's not on the trade block. But right. Um, but that was just that was a question I had pop up about this game and the Bucks game. So that was just figured I'd get your opinion. And we'll move on to another game here. Speaking of quarterbacks underperforming, Tennessee and Atlanta. Tennessee kind of rolls the disappointing Falcons twenty four ten. Matt Ryan's that doesn't even state Matt, it. Matt Ryan's a little bit off. Julio's off. Like I don't know. Atlanta's just a disappointment. That's all I can really take is they had so much talent. I know like Keanu Neal's out for the season. I know they have some injuries, but. They're way too talented to be this disappointing. Yeah, and it's funny you say Julio is like, again, a top five fantasy wide receiver this season, but it just feels hollow. It just feels like you just... It feels like they come in immediate bursts of 30 points, but then nothing at the yeah, same time. It's yeah, not it's a very like, consistent effort. I feel like, oh, I, you know, as a person who has two of the three receiving receivers for Atlanta on his fantasy football team... And I'm just relegating to the bench hmm. at this point because I can't trust him. I feel like that just sums it all up. I, you have so many weapons on offense there. Why can't you get them going? What are you doing in Atlanta right now? Like, I don't know if it's Matt Ryan if something's wrong with him. Because we've seen Matt Ryan last year. He lit the league up. And honestly, stat-wise, he put up the stats. They were just so injured they couldn't stop anybody or consistently do it. And then their defense this year has moments, but... God, it can get shredded so easily. Like yeah. we talked about last week, they made Jacoby Brissett look like the second coming. And and that's a good question, too, because Dan Quinn is now running that defense solely by himself. If he keeps this up for the rest of the season, does he still have a head coaching gig come playoff time? Like, will he still be in the in, in, in his head coaching gig? Honestly, if they end up like 1-7, and 1-8, or 2-9, and nine, something bad like that, he might not finish the season. I feel like yeah. they've kind of run a little thin, especially since that Super Bowl loss. I think that kind of – it bought him more time, but at the same time, everyone was looking at him skeptically, which – Fair or unfair, does, that's beside the point. When you lose a Super Bowl, you're winning 28-3. to You're going to get – some people are going to look at you with some skewered eyes, if you will. Yeah. And then since then, you haven't exactly got back to that point. You haven't looked the same, so. Yeah, that's true. Well, moving on to another coach who's in hot water. We got the Redskins versus the Giants. And another Gruden not being able to make the right calls for his team. And trying to ruin his quarterback, Dwayne Haskins' life by throwing him in there randomly. Yep. And, you know, the Giants, with Daniel Jones, 2-0 still. Without Saquads as well, too. Yeah. Wayne Gallman Jr. coming in, a former Clemson product, going, coming in and having himself a game. Like, I, you know, I don't know what to think about these Giants. It is the Redskins we're talking about here. So take it with a grain of salt. But at the same time, it is a professional football team. Kind of. That Daniel Jones is coming out and throwing a football against. I will say this is the kind of like the Giants we talked about. They'll win game. They'll win more games than you'd be surprised, even though they're probably not that great yet. But Daniel Jones, he'll just make plays. He's just a playmaker at this point in his career. Meanwhile, the Redskins are just trying to do their best Dolphins impersonation. I think at this point, those two are vying like who's going to get Tua slash Justin Herbert slash whoever's the top guy, Jerry Judy, whatever they decide they want to do. So yeah, and I don't think Dwayne Haskins is. I don't want to say he's not ready, but I just don't think he's... Him and Gruden, there seems to be something disconnecting because he looked really 
erratic and off when he went in there. And it's not the Dwayne Haskins we all thought coming out would be that bad. I mean, we all wanted him to sit, but he didn't look good in his time. I mean, three interceptions, like, just don't play him anymore. Yeah. Or if you do, get rid of Gruden and have somebody else come in to play him. Yeah, I think there's something to say about Gruden's and young quarterbacks that just don't mix well. Um, I don't know, but I feel like Dwayne Haskins is is definitely better than that talent-wise. But, like, I don't know anymore. It's, 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 it's weird to see. I just don't get it. I, I don't think we'll ever understand what's happening in Washington. Um, I think they're just going to be there to kind of just, I don't know, absorb all these losses in the NFC since we already have the AFC losses being absorbed by the Dolphins. So we always have to have that one bad team in both 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 conferences. So it might as well be the Redskins at least. Let's As just a Cowboys fan, you know, I got to say, I'm happy to see the Redskins lose. Let's just see them both go in 16 and get it over with. I mean, at, the same, at this point, it's kind of like who cares, honestly, like yeah. with those teams. Speaking well, of who cares... <laughs> Let's go ahead and jump right ahead to the Monday night game. Steelers and the Bengals. Like I said, who cares? I mean, the Bengals are terrible, and the Steelers are below average, so they looked outstanding against the Bengals. Yeah. Mason Rudolph was outstanding. Juju Smith-Schuster was Juju Smith-Schuster. James Conner looked actually pretty decent that day, and didn't he actually looked pretty decent. The defense was good. I don't have much else to say. I mean, the Bengals are a mess. They're just short of the Dolphins and the Redskins. They're just a little bit better. Look, eight sacks on the night for the Steelers. That just tells you how terrible the Bengals are. That probably one of the worst defenses currently in this season just had eight sacks on you. And you just lost John Ross, and you already had A.J. Green missing. I mean, when it rains, it pours in Cincinnati. It sucks to be there. And then, so moving from one ineptitude team to just complete poop show. We mentioned them earlier. The Dolphins, Chargers. Dolphins lose again. Get outscored in the second half again. Have yet to score points in the second half, if I'm not mistaken, this season. I, I think Josh Rosen had them looking good early, so they actually had a little bit of – they had some moments where they was like, we are not terrible, and then Philip Rivers and the Chargers like, okay, that's enough now. Yeah. Back down to the pit with you, to the cellar, dilly dilly. And yeah. then they took over. Austin Eckler continues to show Melvin Gordon is good, but he is very replaceable. Yeah, and oh, by the way, no to future running backs. Uh, if you're going to hold out, and you have the Dolphins on your schedule, make sure you come back two weeks before the Dolphins game, not just one week. That way you can come in, pad your stats on your first game back, and feel good about it. Because, yeah, Melvin Gordon, I bet you you regret not coming back just a little bit sooner because you could have gotten some great stats there. Exactly. And I just feel like the Chargers, they probably should try and trade Melvin Gordon, honestly. he's You're not going to get anything extra with him. He's not going to resign, probably. You're not going to pay him the money he wants. Just try and trade him. See what you can get at this point. Exactly. And then we're just going to move on to another one, which was kind of the surprise of the week for me. Well, one of them, I should say, the surprise win. The Browns taking it to the Ravens, 40-25. to Lamar Jackson kind of looked like last year's Lamar. He didn't look as good. Baker Mayfield looked a lot better. I mean, he had, like, one touchdown, one interception, 300 yards. But Nick Chubb absolutely shafting that Ravens hey. defense. I mean, three, what was it, 170 yards, something like that, three touchdowns. That 88-yard touchdown at the end, he wasn't even touched, which Nick Chubb's fa- – he's an athlete. He's fast, but he's not known as that fast guy that can burst and run away from people. As a guy who has watched Nick Chubb in the SEC for his entire career, I got to say it's time to give Nick Chubb the love. Give Chubb the love because that man is the most productive Georgia running back not named Herschel Walker to ever play in the NFL. So, already, he's been in the league for two years, and he's already the second most productive Georgia running back. 
I mean, he is, has better mm. stats coming out than Todd Gurley had in his first two years. Better stats so far than Sony Michelle, even though Sony Michelle arguably could have been a Super Bowl MVP. Should have uh, been a Super Bowl MVP. Should have been a Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> but you know what, dude? Give Nick Chubb the love. Keep feeding him the ball. I mean, it's great to see. And then, of course, the whole Marlon Humphrey trying to choke Odell Beckham Jr. I don't know what started that. I really don't care, honestly. And then Odell throwing a punch during that whole thing, too. Should he have been ejected? It's just a whole crap show, and it just didn't get any better. Eject them both. Screw them both. Who cares, honestly, at that point? Like, let the... Let them do what they want. It wasn't helmet to helmet. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. Finally, not a non helmet to helmet controversial call. But and then we'll look at Carolina taking on Houston. The Kyle Allen show continues. It wasn't as pretty. This one was mostly Christian McCaffrey. And the Texans' offense with Deshaun Watson basically, they can't protect him, so he's always running for his life. And they can't really run the ball. They just continue to kind of disappoint him. I know they're leading the division, but kind of by default at this point, or at least tied for the lead, but. They don't look nearly as good as I thought they did, especially after trading for Laramie Tunsil and Kenny Stills. I Something's weird with Houston. Yeah, I, I definitely got to agree with you. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins isn't looking like DeAndre Hopkins right now. He's not even in the top ten in wide receivers right now, you know, this season. So it's like, what is going on in Houston offensively? That was the one thing we thought going into the season they'd be okay at. You know, their, their offensive line, eh. But, like, we thought Deshaun and DeAndre could – could keep it up. I mean, they had a bad offensive line last year, and those still, those two still managed to click and make it happen. So, still a young season. We're only a quarter of the way through, but something feels weird there. I mean, they might not win this division. They should be running away with just yeah. because they can't block anybody, and there's some disconnect going on there. Maybe the league's figuring out Deshaun Watson finally after having a little more than a full year on him. Who knows? Yeah, definitely. I don't know what's going on, but I, I will say on the flip side of this game, Kyle Allen continues to just impress what is going on here like if you're ron rivera are you just like oh dude i planned this like no way there's no way they thought cam goes down and you're gonna put freaking kyle allen in and he's gonna lead your team like what i mean i know kyle allen was the number one recruit coming out of high school at one point but i don't he's basically done every role you need so far in just a couple games he lit it up with four touchdowns one week this week, he let Christian McCaffrey carry the load, and he just kind of managed the offense. Game manager's button initiated. Exactly. And he made the plays you needed to do, so next week he's going to throw for 600 yards. I don't know. Let's just keep putting him in weird situations. Air raid next week. It's just, I don't get what's going on. So, moving from a team that we just don't understand to a team we just don't understand how their quarterback just keeps getting all the, ta- the loudest for them winning, but... The Seahawks and Cardinals, Russell Wilson, yet again, the Seahawks win. Granted, it's against the Cardinals. Um, they finally got big plays from Jadavian Clowney in this one. He had a pick, returned for six. Yeah, you might have to pay that man now. I mean, he's done nothing. He's showed out for Seattle so far. You, yeah. It's probably time to pay that man if you're Seattle. Yeah, definitely. And then, But, you know, Russell Wilson, come on, man. Like 22 of 28 for 240 and a touchdown. And then he ran two times for seven yards like – it was a really good game by him, but at the same time, I feel like the stats make it look a little more ridiculous than it was. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like, I don't know. It just it just doesn't feel right that the Seahawks leave that game with a 17-point win. It just didn't feel like they had enough chutzpah on offense to get that. I mean, yeah, he's 22 of 28, great efficiency, but, like, at what point are we going to stop calling these little around-the-line-of-scrimmage passes passes? Like, they're just... At this point they're just extended laterals 
It was interesting, but like the Cardinals are another one of those teams where meh, beating them's not too great. And Kyler Murray did not look good at all, honestly. Like I know he was like what twenty two of thirty two, two forty one, no touchdowns and a pick. But and then running wise, he didn't run for a lot. I mean, I think he had, he ran for a touchdown at like what was it thirty yards rushing, something like that. Now yeah. he just didn't look good. He didn't look comfortable. They can't block anybody. They can't scheme around him. And they talked about his height. Like oh, height doesn't matter. Russell proved that. I think height kind of matters when you can't see and you don't know where you're going. Like, just because it works for Russell and Drew Brees can make it work, there's a reason those are the only two you could think of that that it works for. Exactly. I could be wrong. I mean, it's also only four games into Kyler Murray's career, but it just hasn't looked good for him. I mean, I didn't expect him to thrive. Like, we didn't have them 13-3 and three or anything ridiculous like that. Yeah, Brennan. <laughs> but David Johnson was probably the bright spot for him this week. I mean, almost 100 yards receiving, only 40 yards rushing, but he looked good for him, so... They should trade David Johnson. That guy's young. Let him go experience winning for a little bit. Although, at the same time, I'm okay with David Johnson being the only offense in Arizona for my fantasy football reasons. Moving away from your fantasy football <laughs> team that we hear entirely too much about all of a sudden. But, yeah, no, getting – going to – before I get to my surprise of the week, uh, I, I, we got to talk about the Cowboys-Saints game. My Cowboys scoring the only offensive touchdown in this game and losing. The Dak attack has been mitigated, basically. Uh-huh. Like that was bit that was a hell of a coaching job by Sean Payton. Saints defense showed up. Marshawn Lattimore did not. He was not about to let Amari Cooper feast on him. He brought his A game and looked like that guy that I thought had a chance to be defensive player of the year at some point. And just coming off his rookie year, I thought he had a he was on that trajectory to one day take off and basically be that number one corner. Yeah. And then the defense locked down, shut down. On offense, they did just enough to win. Barely, but just enough. Oh, definitely. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's you know, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, it still doesn't look great for that Saints offense, but it looked better than the offense for Dallas last night. Or, well, I guess it's Sunday, so two nights ago. But Dak just continues to not be able to make passes, not be able to hit the open man. And I keep saying it, and I'll say it until I die, Dak is not that good of a passing NFL quarterback. He was good in college because the windows were six feet wide by six feet tall. <laughs> in, high, in the pros, they are six inches wide by six inches tall. If that. Yeah, if you're lucky. If you have Michael Thomas as your number one court receiver. like Hell, having Amari Cooper opens up some of those, but if they're not open when he has to deal with Marshawn Lattimore, especially when Amari Cooper's hampered. Yeah. And then they say, hey, Zeke, we're not going to let you run wild. Yeah. Dak's got to... He made some plays. He wasn't awful, but you got to make you got to win that game. You got to find a way. Yeah, like, no, definitely. And you know, Kellen Moore. I mean, he didn't call a terrible game by any means. It was just he called plays to get guys open, and Dak missed the open guys. Randall Cobb, where are you on the stat sheet right now? And it's not. I'm not blaming Randall Cobb. I'm blaming Dak Prescott. <laughs> where is Randall Cobb on your stat sheet, man? Like you guys brought him into the off season. Throw that man the ball. Like, get him the ball. Where's Gallup? What are you doing? I mean, come on. The best thing – well, Gallup was out for this game. That's true. I know. Those first three games against JV teams basically was the best thing and the worst thing that happened to the Cowboys. It gave them outstanding numbers to start the way, but unfortunately it made everyone think that this is a clinic of an offense, which it's it's a meat and potatoes offense that has Amari Cooper, who's a stud. Yeah, and I still think they have Zeke on a pitch count. I don't think he's really been given the full – Workforce they're going to work him into. Um, I do think this is the last game for his pitch count, but I, I just we'll I def- it doesn't feel like they've gotten him 
rolling yet. I almost feel like after they pay him all that money and you saw Tony Pollard look pretty good, maybe they're like, we see Todd Gurley over there. Hey, Zeke, we're going to save you till week 14. In the meantime, just do enough to be competent, but yeah. we'll use you as needed. Maybe week eight. Maybe we, maybe we push it up to week eight. Preferably for my heart, I would like that more. But to my surprise of the week. Screw your heart. But anyway, yes, to the surprise yeah. of the week. <laughs> to the surprise of the week. Probably in a lose. It, probably the first time my surprise league is in a losing effort. But the Lions versus the Chiefs. That game, thirty-four thirty. Lions had a chance. They should have won, honestly. Like Matthew Stafford's fumble in the red zone is what killed them when he tried to make a play. You take that away, and I think Carryon Johnson's fumble that was returned for a touchdown. Yeah. I'm still not sure that was a fumble, but I digress. Like, kind of weird. It was close, but I don't know. I guess the way that everybody reacted and couldn't carry on it. L- I don't know, I guess it made it seem more like a fumble. But watching the replays, you're like, eh. It's, yeah. It was, it was tough. The one thing we learned is this Kansas City team, Patrick Mahomes has that special if factor, man. Like, he did not play a great game by any means. I mean, no touchdowns, no picks, no sacks at the same time either, which is good. Pretty decent QBR, but he won this game basically making plays with his legs down the stretch that kind of broke it open because they didn't have a whole lot of I mean, Travis Kelsey moved the chains. Demarcus Robinson had a few. They, Nick, McCall Hartman, what? Like, what'd you do this time after yeah. having like two 80 yard touch, touchdowns the previous weeks? This time they ran the ball and it kind of worked. It showed the Chiefs are, I think they're even better this year. I mean, Sean McCoy was your leading rusher with 56 yards. Patrick Mahomes had 54 yards. And then Darrell Williams had 13 yards, but two touchdowns. Yeah. This is without Damian Williams as well. They're starting running back, so. In a war of attrition, the Chiefs are doing that next man up thing, kind of like we talked about the Colts. The Chiefs are able to make that work because they have that quarterback with that special if factor who, not a great game by any means, but when it push came to shove down towards the end of the game when they got the ball back, he made it happen regardless. He makes you, he makes you have to cover every man on the field, not just You have to cover every square inch of the field, back. too. Yeah, like, like you have to make sure you can cover everybody from sideline to sideline, from line of scrimmage to end zone and maybe even behind the line of scrimmage no blade of grass unturned basically yeah it's you know and and good luck with that but i will say this this lions team when the running game got going carry on was opened up matt stafford and that passing game looked really really good again if you can get this to be like a consistent passing offense like if this could be what you get week in week out from the passing offense good luck everybody else i mean like they could I still think the Bears are the class of that division. I don't care what records say. I think they're the class. I think the Packers are about to take a little step back. I think they've kind of been, I don't want to say exposed, but they're not going to be the powerhouse they look like the first three weeks. They've definitely been overachieving through the first four weeks, in my opinion. I think the Lions could emerge kind of in that spot as fighting for a wild card spot coming up. Hey, just remember when my – just rewind back to my my predictions video when I said the Lions would be the second-best team in this division. And everybody kind of looked at me like, you're an idiot? Yeah, I don't think anyone looked at you like you were an idiot. I, I just said I, pick, just, I, just said I picked the Packers because of Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. But anyway, and then the one other thing I want to mention in this game, just before we get let you finish, tight ends, running backs, quit trying to hurdle oh everybody. Oh, God, yeah. Logan Thomas, great hurdle. TJ Hawkinson, not a good hurdle. <laughs> My God, you look like you you look like you just ate a flying knee after that one, like, which this goes back to the NFL's rules. Like, we all saw Gronkowski's knee get absolutely shredded by T.J. Ward. So now everyone's like, oh, well, they're going for my knees. I can hurdle people. Yeah. Running backs and tight ends especially because they're good. Those are some big legs they're getting attacked at. So they're hurdling people to get away from it. 
and you're still getting concussions NFL so we got to no more hurdling hurdling is out out yeah. is out a lot I am banning hurdling in the NFL I would totally agree with you especially guys like no offense TJ Hawkinson but you should not be hurdling any <laughs> man over the over the height of two feet like just don't do it you should not be doing it leave that to like leave that to talk early when his knees aren't broken yeah or maybe even Zeke can still do it a little bit, not not a whole lot. Or if Jerome Simpson comes back to the NFL. There you go. Yeah. Other than that. <laughs> no, exactly. But, you know, honestly, my biggest takeaway from this, six points separates the Lions from an undefeated schedule. How crazy is that? I know there's that big blemish of the tie with the Cardinals, but, like, let's be honest. When you saw Matt Patricia's team last season, and they're, now you're they're like six points away from being undefeated through four games – through a pretty rough part of the schedule, like, okay, all right, I'll take it if I'm the Lions. Like, we're moving the right direction. I'm no longer putting a plastic or a paper bag over my head. I do wonder if this is kind of like last year when they beat the Patriots early in the season where Matt Patricia and the team just has that one game where it's like, oh, wow, they're out of their mind, and then they fall back down to earth. I wonder if this could be that game, which would suck for them because they still lost this game, unfortunately. Yeah, that's true. So hopefully it's not the case for them, but... Like I said, this was the game of the week. This was one of those that kept dragging me away from the Colts game. This plus the Bills and the Patriots. Like, you had to put all the good games on at the exact same time. It was hard to follow along. Absolutely. But, hey, guess what? Three NFL teams are still undefeated. And and which are those NFL teams? Good luck remembering. I can't remember. It's the Patriots, Niners. Oh, and I don't remember the third team. The most important thing is you said the 49ers, which I'm going to continue harping on. Look out for this team, guys. Look out for this team. They, I know they didn't play this week, but here they come. They are still something to be reckoned with, and the Chiefs are that other undefeated team. Ah, there it is. The I, team we just talked about. I'm like, I'm literally thinking in my head they lost uh, the game somehow. I was hoping I was going to let it play out for a little bit, but notice one thing all three of those teams have. Quarterback. Yeah. I was going to say they actually have pretty good defense, too. That I know is. the Chiefs had their moments of giving up big plays, but they, they make plays when it counts. They take the ball away. Like I'll rephrase that. They don't have good defense, but they all take the ball away on defense. I'll reward yeah. that because maybe the Chiefs aren't that great of defense, but they get takeaways. They're like those old Saints teams with Drew Brees that went to the playoffs all the time. They didn't really stop anybody, but they gave you opportunities. And here's what's crazy about these three teams. Offensive guru and Andy Reid. Offensive mind for the Niners offensive guru i think it's safe to call kyle shanahan an offensive i will guru. not call him an offensive guru yet we'll call him an offensive mastermind then if he makes it halfway through the season and undefeated or at least even close at this point unless he loses out for the to the eight to week eight like i'm gonna I'll, I'll admit to it okay but until that point i'm not admitting to it yet he's still a niner and then you got mr magic man himself bill belichick who never smiles except when people are crying yeah exactly so you have Two offensive guys and a defensive guy. Like, what's going on? What Are we actually moving into the offensive era yet? Or is Bill Belichick just going to continue to prove that he doesn't just subscribe to eras and he's going to do him? And then you got Tom Brady who's kind of turned into captain efficiency, like nothing beyond 10 yards unless, it, unless it's wide open. And even beyond 10 yards, he's right. You got Mulatto, Brett Favre, and Patrick Mahomes who can make every throw across the entire board and run all over the place. Then you got Jimmy Garoppolo, who comes from the Brady system, but still turns it over a lot, but at the same time makes plays. He's Play somewhere. Jimmy. In, yeah, you got porn star Jimmy in the middle, basically. And then, offensive weapon wise, like the Chiefs have by far the best offensive cast of weapons. The Patriots have by far the best defensive cast. 
And then the Niners just kind of sitting in the middle. Like, we don't have the best tight end of the group, but we got second best. We don't have the best receivers, but we got second best. We don't have the best defense, but we got second best among those three. They're just, yeah. they're interesting. It is true. It's it's crazy to see to think that, honestly, I didn't think John Lynch and the Niners would put together a team like this as fast as he did. But bravo to you, John Lynch. Bravo to you. You can actually see, I didn't think his head worked after all the concussions and the spearing of people. But you know what? He's proving me wrong. Sometimes you just have to spear him one too many times, and then you do it one more time to get your head back into shape, basically. All right, well, let me go spear somebody. I'll I'll see if this this philosophy works. I'll be impressed if you get off the ground and spear somebody. (laughs) Touche, (laughs) touche. So moving from that, we got some fights this weekend. A good round of fisticuffs this weekend. It's very main event heavy. Taking place at, you'll love the name of this venue, Marvel Stadium. In Australia, you got the Australian champion Robert Whittaker taking on the New Zealand champion Israel Adesanya. This has the weirdest vibe of the winner of this fight is the next dude that he's got next. This is kind of like when you were watching Giannis come up through the race, it's like, oh, you know they're coming. They're they're coming up next. Or like watching Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Davis. You're just kind of sitting there like, they're going to be next. Or Michael Jordan when he's struggling with the Pistons. You just knew. So I think the winner of this one's going to kind of establish himself as, like, that next it dude. I mean, Robert Whitaker, since he's moved to middleweight, moved up, he's been murking people. I mean, beating Yoel Romero twice in two 25-minute fights, and Yoel Romero's pure man-made science by looking at him. That is not That does not occur in nature. That's pretty true, yeah. And then he he's beats... An android. <laughs> and, yeah, a little pharmaceutical mastermind, a pharmaceutical beast, if you will. Him and Mark McGuire have something in common. No comment. <laughs> Granted, nothing's proven, but at the same time, that's not how that's not how bodies are made. And if they are, I want what he's having. And then he's beat Jacare Souza. He's beat everybody they put in front of him. The problem that's killed him is he can't stay healthy. He, like when he was supposed to fight in in Australia last year, he gets, wakes up with an internal hernia the day of the fight. Like that doesn't happen. That's unfortunate. And a torn abdomen, and basically he dies if he gets punched in the stomach. Yeah. And then you're facing Israel Adesanya, who. Might be the best striker we've seen in a long time. The way he blends his kickboxing, the movement, the feints, the hands-to-legs combination. How he'll throw a jab, kick, and a knee in the same like same quick combination. I love this fight, man. Like Any fight fan who's not looking forward to this fight is not a fight fan. That's all I can really word it as. The rest of this card, it's not very deep. I mean, Dan Hooker and Ally Quint is a co-main event. That's a pretty good fight. It's a fun fight. But this one's all about the main event, and... I'm leaning towards Robert Whitaker. I think he's a little more. I think he has a little more better MMA striking necessarily. But if they get in a kickboxing battle, it's tough to beat Israel. I mean, Israel just—he's more of a sniper. He doesn't kill people as much. I think Robert has a slight edge in power. Ah, this one's killing me. This is the ultimate pick'em. It's so hard to choose on this one. Yeah, this is a like as a. I wouldn't even call myself a fight fan because I can't even give myself enough that that much credit because. Honestly, I just watching like watching people kill each other. Not really kill each other, but blow each other up with some bombs. Fisticuffs. Yeah, so, you know, I, I can't say I'm the biggest fight fan, but I'm excited for this. So, and watching you get excited about it is pretty much, like, the funniest thing ever because it makes me a little more excited for it. I wish I had, like, wish this was, like, a video and I had, like, a plasma screen with I can control tape so I could just break down this fight. Because I feel like I could do this for, like, 30 minutes just going between the movement, the footwork, the head, the head angles... The way they throw strikes, the angles they throw strikes, their hand placement, 
just I want to go through all of this, but I don't have time, and this is a podcast, not exactly a TV show. But you hear that, fans? If we have an angel donator out there and just wants to donate us a whole studio we can use for this, DJ could break down some bo- some some fights go- coming up. Anyway, so what I I'm just not gonna hey, hold my breath on hey, that one. Hey, you gotta you gotta throw it out there. Wishful thinking, right? Got to put positive things into the air. That's what my grandma told me. Speaking of possible th- positive thinking and your grandma telling me stuff, I just hope everyone stays healthy going into this fight. No injuries. <laughs> Robert Whitaker's had unfortunate luck with injuries. I just get to the fight and we'll be all good. I think this is the kind of fight you cannot blink because the way they throw strikes and the way they can explode, you never know when it's going to end. And Robert Whitaker has that kind of GSP feel about it, how he comes in as a striker, but he's developed really good defensive wrestling. Like, it's hard to get that guy down. Yoel Romero had trouble with it. Problem is, he can get hit. And then Israel Adesanya, he looked like a steamrolling machine until that Kelvin Gaslam fight. He got hit a lot by a guy who's like five foot four fighting in the middleweight division, who does not look like a middleweight athlete whatsoever. And it was kind of weird to see him hit that often. So I don't know. I'm excited too. Oh, I All can't right. wait. If, if I pit, if I put a hot poker to your face right now and said you have to choose one, otherwise your dog gets it. Who do you pick? Sorry, Brew. <laughs> <laughs> Is it that close, then? You, you, you're going to sacrifice your dog. I'm going to lean a little... Well, if you put a hot poker in my face, we are fighting. That is a different main <laughs> event. But I'm going to lean towards Robert Whitaker right now, but I don't know if I would bet money on that one. I would not bet a lot. I'm not going to I'm so, not going to the casino and dropping 50 on Whitaker right now. So as long as he wakes up healthy, do you think Robert Whitaker can do this? As of right now, I think he has the best shot just because I think he has the more overall diverse game, and he's been here before, like... Those two 25-minute fights with the he spent 50 minutes in a cage with a guy who's not human. That's true. And he won both of them. And he survived getting... 50 seconds, and that's because I'd spend the whole time running around and trying to jump over the fence, and he'd just laugh because my fat ass couldn't get over the fence. Yeah, I don't know if he'd make it 50 seconds. I think he'd just sprint to you and knee you in the head. So you'd probably make probably last longer than Ben Askren did, so you might hit seven seconds because you're not going to duck into it. Yes. Maybe. I have a chance. Just because I don't think you can duck. Hey. But anyway, I, I'm going to lean towards Robert Whitaker. but if Adesanya picks him apart and wins, I think he has a strong chance of winning a decision just picking him apart on the feet. He might be too fast and too hard to hit. That's true. All right, well, you heard it here, guys. DJ, leaning force, leading Whitaker, but... Do not bet on that. Do not take... He's not... If, if, he's, if push comes to shove, he's sacrificing his dog for this one. So, sorry, bud, but... You shouldn't have pooped in the house before this. <laughs> But also coming up this weekend, a top 10 matchup, one that I'm highly vested in in college football, Auburn versus Florida. I think this is the game we thought, we thought it'd be the A&M game, but then we realized A&M's pretty good but not that great after all. This is the game your Auburn Tigers have to win to establish themselves as a playoff contender. I, I think this is the game where we find out Bo Nix, he's looked pretty good, honestly. He hasn't looked bad by any means. He hasn't looked like... Last year's Justin Lawrence or Justin Herbert or anything like that. But Trevor Lawrence, not Justin Lawrence. Yeah, he's played like a Justin Lawrence. He doesn't deserve his name after this season. Yeah. He doesn't look like a Tua, but he's also not throwing to Henry Ruggs or Jerry Judy, but I digress. Like, Oh, speaking of Henry Ruggs, i got to say this for a second. Sorry to see you leave last week's game, Henry Ruggs. You're our favorite Alabama player. It sucks that he came back and then Tua couldn't throw it to him because he wasn't running 4-2 speed anymore. He was down to 4-4 like a slowpoke all of a sudden. Yeah, so he, he turned Tua, back into a normal human. And then Tua kept missing him on those out-and-ups, which how he got open on all of those, I don't understand. Even at 
80%. He still runs routes perfectly. I mean, these Alabama receivers are ridiculous. I don't get it. Feel free to transfer now, Henry Ruggs. You, you've only played four games this season. You can come – or, sorry, you played five games, so you're at your, your, your maximum. <laughs> Redshirt, leave Alabama, go to the other side of the state, go to Auburn. We need you for Florida next year. <laughs> heck, drop out and sign with the Colts as an unrestricted free agent. They need it. <laughs> but, yeah, no, this – back to the game. Yeah, no, it's this is going to be an interesting one. Um, you're definitely right. If Auburn has any hope in hell of making it to the playoffs, they got to win. Uh, Florida, same reasons. Dan Mullen, you got to keep your big game magic up if you're Florida. Um, Florida's wearing some really cool throwbacks for the first time. It's kind of a matchup with some old throwbacks, so – that's something to look out for. They got that Jordan brand and everything, so they got fancy black Jordan brand cleats to go with uh, some fancy new get-up. By the way, it's Florida's homecoming, and they just happen to be playing the number seven team in the nation for homecoming. So good luck with that, Florida. Probably the dumbest idea you've ever made. Let's schedule an in-conference rival for homecoming. If they win, though, that makes that win that much sweeter at the same yeah, time. Yeah, you're right. But I if think- they lose, that's a really shitty homecoming for everybody. Yeah, well, sometimes you sometimes you got to risk it for the biscuit. But I think this game basically is the battle for that fourth spot in the SEC because right now it's Alabama, LSU, Georgia, the top three, whatever order you want to move them. Like right now they're just kind of the three teams at the top where when you look at them it's like, okay, those are the three big hitters at the SEC, but who's going to be that fourth team that could possibly knock off one of those two? Because honestly those three are probably going to kill each other. I mean, Well, yeah, you got Alabama and LSU will play each other. Auburn plays those two. And Auburn also plays Georgia. So basically, so, like... Good luck, everybody else. So basically, if Auburn beats Florida, they're probably... I'd imagine they're going to jump up to number six, probably. I mean, I can't see them not at least moving up a little bit. So yeah. that means you got four SEC teams in the top six, just not including Ohio State, who beats Cupcakes, basically, until the end yeah. of the season. Ohio State, unfortunately, Ohio State, Oklahoma for right now, until they play, like, Oklahoma State or, you know, Texas later in the season... They're going to keep dropping because they're not playing anybody. Clemson, probably the same thing. Even though Jalen Hurts is the Heisman frontrunner right now, arguably still too. By the way, Jonathan Taylor, why is that man fifth in the Heisman watch? What? Where are we people when if you're not watching Jonathan Taylor absolutely demolish teams? Basically, it should be Jalen Hurts one, Jonathan Taylor two. Yeah. That's how I look at it. I mean, unless I'm missing something, I mean – Justin Fields can make a case up there. Tua obviously has a case. Tua's probably third, honestly. Like, if you put him at two, I won't argue. But Jonathan Taylor's got to be three then. Look, 1A, 1B in my opinion. Jalen Hurts, Jonathan Taylor, put him where you want to. I think Jalen Hurts has the edge currently. But Jonathan Taylor getting the shaft, man. Like, pay that man. California just passed the law. Wisconsin passed the law so you can pay that man. You can keep him around for however long. It's kind, of, it's kind of weird to think like this award used to almost be like a running back award just because running backs could rush and receive. But now it's kind of turned into the quarterback award because quarterbacks can run and pass a lot more often than they used to. So yep. I'm hoping – I'd like to see a running back get it again. That would be kind of cool. But I have a feeling it's going to be either two or Jalen Hurts. I think those are going to be the top two again. And then that's going to be the storyline they, when they play in the playoffs. And then it's going to be like, oh, my God, that's all we're going to talk about. And then the game's going to come down to Henry Ruggs or CeeDee Lamb or someone else completely. Yeah. Honestly, this just bothers me. It's just Jonathan Taylor, man. The only way that he gets stopped is if Trump moves the fence down a little bit further to Madison, Wisconsin. And it's like, you have to run over the border now, son. In that case, then sorry, Jonathan Taylor, you might get stopped then. But that's the only chance. 
The only chance. I had to get my, we've, it's been three weeks since I got a Trump joke in. I had to get it in sometime. So, If Wisconsin makes the playoffs, though, I think that could definitely help his campaign. Like If they can beat <laughs> Ohio State and take over the Big Ten, I think that could be their big break if they could take over the Big Ten. Right now, though, when I look at it, I feel like the Final Four is going to end up being Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Clemson. That's kind of my guess right now if I had to pick. I think two SEC teams aren't going to get it because they're going to have to kill each other to get there. I think the only chance two SEC schools make it is if one gets through in the West undefeated or Auburn makes it through Alabama, LSU, Florida, loses to Georgia in the regular season, but they'll make it out of the West because they beat everybody else in the West and then play Georgia again in the SEC and then give Georgia their first loss in the SEC championship. I think that's the only way it happens. Um, but at the same time, you can't have Ohio State, Clemson, and Oklahoma undefeated at the same time. If they're all undefeated, then it's tough. Yeah, and you know, I don't think honestly, I don't think Ohio State makes it through the season undefeated. I think they could have problems when they play Wisconsin. Like that they, could be. They have to play Wisconsin. They have to play Michigan. They have yeah, to they're play, beating Michigan. Michigan's yeah, a joke. Well, you know, hey, they, there's something about that game that Ohio like, State wins all the time. There's something about that game that leads to Ohio State killing them. Yeah, it's true. But you're the, you're play, getting trapped in the Lloyd Carr, Michigan, not the Jim Harbaugh, Michigan. Look, they also have to play Penn State. That one's a lot more competitive than Michigan. And right Northwestern. That's yeah. a lot more competitive than Michigan right now. Exactly. So they still got to play these games. And so. if they match up with Iowa, I think that could be a fun matchup as well, too, because Iowa's had a pretty interesting season. They don't look great in any game, but they win, and they seem to just find a way. Yeah. But so moving away from the field, a little bit of trash talk stuff going on here lately. You mentioned it earlier. Your boy Dame, your boy Shaq <laughs> versus my boy Shaq Diesel. I don't even know what to say about this. This is probably the best thing to ever happen to the NBA in the off season since the NBA off season started. So I'm gonna say I I listened to both of them like what the fudge. I did not. I was not ready for this. I didn't realize. I don't know where it came from. Well, I know why it started now because Shaq's overly sensitive and petty. Well, so yeah. anytime someone says anything about rappers that doesn't involve him being the goat. He's gonna freak out. I will say it was a pretty, good, it was a pretty good initial one by him. It was good, but I still give Dame the slight edge. But I gave the scoreboard one to point five. Like I can't give Shaq a zero. I'll give him point five, but I still think, I think Dame's was a little cleaner. Shaq's basically kept hitting home on the "I'm rich and I've won championships." That's pretty yeah. much what he did that for like four minutes in different ways. Where Dame kind of hit a few different things. He threw Penny at him. He threw Flash at him. He, he threw, threw the Lake at him. Yeah, he threw Kobe at him. Like. He kind of, Aristotle, he brought in the diesel, made it through the Tesla thing right back in his face. Like, oh, yeah. It's, it was impressive. I, and I give Dame this. He, out of all the major athletes to try rapping, he probably does it the best. And he also does it without cussing. He Look, does I say nin- even, I can't even make it through a po- podcast without dropping one or two cuss words. Dame does drop the ninja bomb a few times here or there, but like that's true. He does, but yeah, that's that's okay. I know what you're getting that's at. That's an though. issue of, in and of itself in culture. That exactly. Not saying there's anything with, wrong with it. But, I'm just saying, like technically, it's obviously not a fudge bomb or anything like that either. Yeah. But but no, yeah. I mean, it, it, there's something to be said about that. And 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 you know, big Aristotle, big Socrates, whatever the heck he wants to call himself next. I call him Icy Hot Guy at this point. Like, yeah, the guy that supposedly fits in a Mercury, and there's no way he fits in that Mercury Murano. I have sat in one of those. (laughs) 
and there's no way. They literally pulled out the back seat for that damn commercial. Like, Shaq, you don't fit in that car. Stop he, it. He is a Mercury Murano, basically, without the wheels. His shoe is a Mercury Murano. <laughs> His shoe is a yacht. His shoe is a yacht for most people. I mean, look, nah, that's that's my shoe. His shoe is like a Titanic. It's okay. about like his <laughs> playing career after the Lakers. Yeah, I see what I you like did it. there. Yeah, just yeah. right until a flash, you know, carried him back. But hey, that was the flash show, not the not the big Aristotle show. Exactly. So well, anyway, that was it was a fun rap battle. Uh, hopefully, there's some not too many hard feelings there because I like both the guys, of course, but. It's kind of I, the rap battles are kind of weird to see among pro athletes, but it's fun. It's a little I liked it more than the Marvin Bagley Dame Lillard one because that one just felt like felt fa- it felt weird. I don't know why I didn't it like felt, that. It one. felt forced as a as a Kings fan and a Marvin Bagley fan. I was like, dude, stop! Like you're you're right. Like you good, but but, but Dame. Dame is the rapping NBA player, not an NBA player who raps. He's a guy that just does both really really well. Yeah. And I think Dame does better when he's not trying to diss people, if that makes sense. Like, his diss tracks aren't as good as his just normal raps. But he still throws the fire around like he's a damn flamethrower. I would say this, though. You can tell he went to Weber State. Weber State. It's the same thing. (laughs) I don't care what anybody says. I lived in that state. It's the same thing. But my point being, you can tell he went there because he's an educated young man and he uses his proper words, like Aristotle. How many times have you heard Aristotle in a rap song? Well, I mean, Shaq's name was the big Aristotle. But he's never used it in a rap song about himself. That's because he can't... Shaq Shaq will talk himself up more than any other athlete not named AI. So, you know. And you can tell at the same time, when he starts rapping, he does have that Weber State education, but he's got that hood Oakland background, too. You, hey, he yeah, did he, not forget where he came from. No, that's just it. Like, that's why he's so good with the flow, but then that's why he's so much better artistically. He's got that, that, that secondary school education with a really, really dope background. He's seen some stuff, man. He's seen some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but... Anything else you want to add? I think that does it for us today. I think that'll kind of wrap it up for this week. Playoff baseball, it's going to be great. Big time fights this weekend. NFL season a quarter of the way through, and we still have no idea what's going on, basically, because it's four games in. NBA season's right around the corner. Pretty excited for End this. Of the month. Yeah, we're going to start doing some rankings for basketball coming up as well. We talked a little bit about it, but Kobe being ranked the 14th best player of all time is absolute trash. Steph Curry is not number 10. Uh, we'll get to that. We might have a separate podcast for that. I'm gonna to have to look over the list again. We'll we'll see more once basketball gets a little bit closer. But you guys know from our early episodes how our opinions go with uh, with Kobe being shafted and things. It just doesn't feel right. The dude carried Shaq to three rings. He deserves to be higher. Exactly. Dame uh, spoketh. The dame speaketh and this dame taketh away. <laughs> but that does it for us this week. Until uh, next week. Thanks for tuning in. And Shaq, feel free to hit us up if you, you know, want to have a trash talk war. We got you.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.